The What's This Full House Edition podcast is part of the What's This Edition podcast network, where you can check out other great shows like the What's This Disney Edition podcast, where Amy and Savannah go really deep into the Walt Disney collection from start to finish. So check out those other great shows on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and other really great platforms. Thank you so much for listening. I am on a mission of sorts to go through every Full House episode in order and break it all down to give you the full feel of what Full House is all about. From character analysis to even a psychological breakdown, I am determined to get through all eight seasons of this phenomenal show. As always, I am your host, Amy, and thanks for joining me and becoming a part of my Full House family. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. Okay, we're just going to get right into this because there's kind of like a lot of stuff going on here, so... First and foremost, um, let's do a small little recap of what we did last time. So if you remember, the last episode uh, was episode 19, the seven-month itch part one, where Jesse gets overwhelmed by never having any privacy, so he takes some drastic measures. And at the end of the episode, we do find out that he leaves the Tanner house and they have no idea where he went. So he vanished into thin air and the girls don't know. They're confused and Danny and Joey are confused. So here we go. We're going to just jump right in here to part two. This is episode 20 called the seven month itch part two. So the original air date of this one was March the 18th, 1988. Okay. This one was directed by a new guy, everybody. His name is Russ Petranto. Hopefully I said that correctly. And we have the teleplay by Kim Weiskopf and Lenny Rips, who also produced this one. The story here was written by uh, Rob Edwards, who is new to us, and Russell Marcus, who we are familiar with. He's done a few other episodes here and there through season one. So a little description here for this one. So, like I said, I mean, after Jesse has had enough of the Tanner home and leaves the girls... They come up with a plan to get him to come home. So this will be very interesting because there's actually, like I said, tons of information here in this episode. So let's go. Let's get into it. Okay, so we start off with a small recap of the last episode. So it says last week on the screen. So they kind of play scenes from the previous episode just to kind of give you more information, you know, explaining his, Jesse's irritation with everyone and then him leaving. So this introduction sequence, I guess, 
lasts about a minute and a half, I would say. So they pick up where the girls enter Jesse's room, asking where Jesse went. And Danny makes up a story about how he left himself a note to talk to Joey privately. Because if you remember, Danny and Joey are both in there and then the girls enter. So Danny literally lied. Oh my gosh. Okay, so he then, Danny, escorts the girls out of the room and Joey is confused since he just witnessed Danny lying to his own daughters and on top of it, Jesse is missing. Joey asks Danny, what are we going to say to them? And Danny responds that this is a delicate situation and that this is a father type of moment and that he should be the one to handle it and asks Joey to play dumb. If they were just honest, though, from the start with the girls, then they wouldn't have to had to come up with any kind of plan. They should have just told the truth in a loving way. I feel like throughout the show, Danny has issues with this. Like, he's so afraid of confrontation that he'll make up something just like in that one episode. Was that? Yeah, Danny's very first date, episode 17, when he uh, broke off that date with Linda like four times because he was like, he didn't want to upset and he had to like, he kept making excuses. And if he was just honest in the beginning, then he wouldn't have had a problem, you know what I mean? So this is kind of the same thing he's doing here. Like he's just making things up as he's going on. And, and I feel like he should have just been honest from the start. Because then he wouldn't have had to, you know, do all that. Anyway, Danny lets the girls back in the room. And, of course, curious little Stephanie asks if Jesse went somewhere. Remember also that this is the night in which Jesse is supposed to babysit. So, episode one, let's say it's a Friday. Now it's Saturday. Okay, Jesse's supposed to babysit that night. So, based on our analysis of the last episode, we will see how that pans out. Okay, because... Yeah. Danny then tells the girls that Jesse has gone on a little vacation. So, the girls ask, where? Valid question, of course. Danny asks Joey to answer the question, totally disregarding his statement from earlier about how it's a father thing and he should be the one to handle it. No, 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 no. He looks at Joey like, you got this one, right? And totally slides the situation over to him. And like, oh my gosh. So Joey being the improv genius that he is, you know, he tells the girls that Jesse has gone on a, you know, little vacation. But Joey says that he went to the desert. He went to the desert. So then... We move on. There's a little scene change to Joey making breakfast. So we have previously learned that Joey isn't the greatest of cooks. So why didn't he leave this task up to Danny is my question. Danny knows 
that Joey stinks at cooking. So why would he allow this? I'm just saying, like, why would he allow this? Anyways, but Joey is making the girls their favorite breakfast. Something we've never actually seen them eat before, but it's their favorite breakfast. And it's strawberry yogurt banana pancakes. Joey said, just like Uncle Jesse makes. Of course, they're not going to be exactly like Uncle Jesse makes. It's Joey cooking. Oh. So Stephanie knows there's something weird about the pancakes and says, these aren't just like Jesse makes. His aren't soupy in the middle as she sticks her finger in it and pulls out pancake goo. DJ also comments on the pancakes saying hers aren't soupy as she bangs it on the table and it's like hard as a rock. Then Joey gives Michelle her portion and she tastes it and the genius has another appearance right here. She puts it in her mouth and makes this yucky, like, like, disgusted face. I just am in awe that they were able to capture that, that face that she makes. So, anyway, all of a sudden, the phone rings and Joey goes to answer it. And he answers, Gladstone's International House of Flapjacks, Gladstone speaking. It's just so stupid. So stupid. Oh, I love this, though. No matter the situation, Joey always knows when to throw in a little sprinkle of humor to lighten the mood. And it's just, mwah, it's great. And so he realizes that it's Jesse who's on the phone. And the girls freak out. And run over to Joey and they are like, give me the phone. I want to talk to him. I want to say hi. I want to say hi to Uncle Jesse, blah, blah, blah. And they're like crowding Joey. Okay. Mind you, though, by this point in time, Jesse left late the night before. The night before. So, really, Jesse's been gone, what, like maybe five hours Maybe a little bit more, a little bit longer. Not really. But then DJ grabs the phone right out of Joey's hand, all while Stephanie is like jumping about wanting to talk on the phone, too, also. And at this point, Jesse, like I said, he's only been gone, like, what, maybe eight to ten hours. I just don't know why they're all, like, freaking out about wanting to talk to him, like... If they believe that he's, that he's just on a vacation, then they can wait to speak with him. But in a way, this goes to show how much those girls, like, really love him, I guess. I guess. Danny then takes the phone from DJ since, you know, this is a delicate situation. Jesse indicates that he's skiing in Tahoe. I'm assuming Lake Tahoe here. He doesn't say Lake Tahoe. He just says Tahoe, which I'm, you know, I'm assuming is the only place where Jesse would be is in Nevada by Reno and Carson City. And 
time for map analysis with me because I did this previously when I did the uh, the GPS route to Disneyland, but we're going to do it again. So time for map analysis of the trip time. So Lake Tahoe is about, according to the fastest route, three hours and 50 minutes away with tolls and highway usage. So if we estimate Jesse has been gone for an hour average of nine hours. He left around midnight the night before, traveled to Tahoe, making it there around 4 a.m. and calling the family around 9 a.m., leaving him with five hours in between. Whether he stayed up those five hours or slept, we don't know. Also, this is a very iffy approximation just based on the time it looks like versus what time it may actually be, which is unknown. Okay, so that concludes map analysis. Back to the episode. Jesse then says he's hanging out with his friends and he doesn't know when he's coming back. He then gives the family an emergency number just in case, and that number is 555-4322. Yeah. Also note that Jesse is at a different set. We see an exterior shot of this cabin in which Jesse is staying in, I guess. It's mid-March, so that's when this episode came out, was mid-March. So, of course, there is snow around, and it just looks so gorgeous there. We hear him and his friends, like, they're in this cabin all together, singing Love Machine by the band Wham. This song was also featured in the last episode as well. So, when Jesse was getting him and Sam's romantic dinner together... When they were in the Tanner house together, just Sam and Jesse, he was getting the dinner ready and he can actually be heard singing and humming Love Machine by Wham. So that's pretty cool. Same song used in both episodes. Okay, now if you go to five minutes and 51 seconds, you can see 12 people including Jesse, in the living room portion of this cabin. I'm like, dude, that's a huge cabin. Just huge. Jesse and two other guys are playing guitar. And if you kind of look at these people individually, some of them look very familiar to me. Okay, so the guy, if you're on it, if you go to 5 minutes 51 seconds... The guy on the right with the turtleneck sweater is from Jesse's band, Jesse and the Rippers, and was also in the doo-wop group from episode 15, A Pox in Our House. So same thing with the guy there in the red sweater on the right, too, also. The guy on the couch sitting next to Jesse. So there's... A few familiar faces here. There are six women, including Sam, and six men, 
including Jessie. All the other women do not look familiar, so I'm assuming that they are each with a guy there, I guess? So the guy in the turtleneck, whose name is unknown to us at this point, and this is where it gets really funny because when I was doing my notes here, at this point in the episode, he was not given a name, so I named him Brian. So the guy in the turtleneck's name is Brian. So if you hear me referring to a Brian, that's the guy. He makes a toast to welcome Jesse back. Jesse thanks them and makes a toast to his escape from romper room. He says this term romper room, which I looked up. Oh my gosh. In context, that joke is hilarious. So he says... His Escape from Romper Room, which was a 1953 children's TV show that used hosts, puppets, games, music, short cartoons, and educational segments to teach a variety of subjects to preschool children. So he's referring to like living in the Tanner house as living in Romper Room in the... (laughs) So funny. Okay, so Jesse starts to talk to them. And says once he gets back to town, he's going to get his own place and live life the way he was born to, which is free. So to him, this is to like him in his own mind at this point. Jesse then rounds everyone up to go skiing. He starts to get ready. And I feel like, and I, and I talked to my mom about this portion of the episode. She believes it to be the funniest scene in the episode I might agree, there's not a huge amount of humor in this one, but this scene definitely has it. So he starts to get ready and puts on an excessive amount of gear, and he realizes that even getting ready to ski is a feat unto itself. Like, he's running around, jacket, scarf, hat, goggles, boots, shoes, whatever, he's grabbing it and putting it on, and it's... It's hysterical, and I'm surprised the people in the background are not laughing their butts off. It's a funny one. Okay, then we have a scene change in which we are back at the Tanner house where Danny is getting ready to give DJ her guitar lesson. So, if you go back and to uh, episode 16... But seriously, folks, that's when DJ started taking guitar lessons from Jesse. So here, Danny is doing it because Uncle Jesse always did it. But Danny also can play guitar very well. So I know I know he's more than capable to give the lesson. So he takes on the task of teaching DJ guitar that day. He says it's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) and he's going to teach her a fun song. So he starts to play this finger picking like something like that. And I looked up this song actually because I was like, what the heck is this song? Like it's called Froggy Went A Courtin'. Frankenwing Courtney and he did it right, uh-huh. That's the song that he's playing, okay? 
So I looked up this song and I was blown away at its history. So the song is a traditional folk song dating all the way back to 1549. And it had a lot to do with um, like English monarchy and courtship and marriage to the royals. And it's just like this huge, massive thing. And if you get time to look up the song, Froggy Went a Courtin' and read about it, it's so interesting. And I, and um, my mom actually brought this up because I was like, you know, I didn't even think of this. She did. And she said, oh my goodness, it's so funny that it's about a frog that's courting to be married and there's like a love story involved in all this and she said Amy do you remember in in uh sisterly love when in the beginning Jesse was pretending to be a frog <laughs> and it was like this this like frog prince story that somehow some way found its way into this tiny little piece of this episode. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that way. It kind of merges a little bit. <laughs> okay, let's move on here. Danny just then sits there jamming away until DJ stops him. She takes the guitar from Danny and she shows him where she really is, like as far as what she knows. So she just isn't picking it up quite yet so she she's working on it I guess she tells Danny that whenever he tries to teach her things they argue then they go on to argue that it either does or doesn't happen DJ then gets upset and says that she would be having fun if Uncle Jesse was there I thought that was a a real big low blow. Like, she just basically, in, in a way, told her dad, like, you are zero fun, and I want nothing to do with you, and I would be having fun if Uncle Jesse was here. Dang. Okay. Now, there is a way of knowing, at this point, how much time has passed since you can see what DJ and Danny are wearing. So the same outfits they were wearing at breakfast. So it's the same day. So it's been only a matter of hours. And since the girls aren't at school, I'm assuming it's a Saturday. I'm just saying. So when I don't really understand why DJ is so utterly upset. I mean, she goes to school every day away from Jesse. So why is today especially hard for her. Danny questions her and asks her what all of this is about. And DJ's a smart girl. You know, she's the big sister. She's got eyes open at everybody all the time. She's watching. She's listening to what's going on. She's not an idiot. So I will tell you what she mentions right after this. Alrighty, and welcome back. So, right now, we're kind of in this halfway point here. DJ is upset that Uncle Jesse's gone, and 
you know, Danny's like, what is all of this about? Like, why are you so upset about Jesse not being here? And she mentions that all of Jesse's clothes are gone. She knows something else is up. Danny tells her the truth about where Jesse went. Again, you know, right now is kind of a half a heart talk, just like the last episode. Then she continues on saying she doesn't want anything to change. He tells her that Jesse is an adult and can make his own decisions. And when the time is right, he'll come back. DJ doesn't want to accept it, but eventually does. Then they continue with the guitar lesson. DJ mentions that Jesse tries to teach her Elvis songs and Danny suggests suggests one. He starts to play Are You Lonesome by Elvis Presley, but he speeds it up and tries to make it more fun for her, but evidently she is more embarrassed by it than anything else. And I don't know why she would be. There's no one else in the room. Like, why would it matter? Ugh. Then we have a scene change where Stephanie is bringing all of her stuffed animals into Jesse's room. Now that he's gone, she's going to stay in there. And I mean, I don't blame her. She uh, she doesn't want to sleep in a room with DJ. That's perfectly acceptable. I grant it for her. <laughs> so Michelle is also helping. Stephanie says, don't you think it's cool we get her on rooms for a couple of days? And DJ softly mentions that it's probably going to be more than a couple of days, which I don't know where she even got that from because I don't think it was mentioned in her and Danny's conversation. And like, how would she know that? Besides, if, if Danny didn't show her the note that Jesse wrote in the previous episode, like that part here, like, where did she come up with that? I don't know. So Stephanie now knows something is up and wants the truth. DJ then tries to change the subject, but Stephanie is just too smart for that, and DJ cracks. She closes the door and sits Michelle down as well. Stephanie then says if Danny can't do anything, then they have to take matters into their own hands. Okay, so at 12 minutes, one second... Their plan unfolds, okay? They're always, like, scheming in these situations, you know, like the sister schemes. They are conjuring ideas. They've got an idea. So here it is. So DJ will then call Uncle Jesse, because he gave them an emergency number, and tell them Michelle is sick, and he'll come rushing back home. And they know how to play Michelle. Why is everyone playing with Michelle like this? It happened back in, oh my goodness me. Oh, what episode was that? Oh man, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. Um, oh yeah, episode 14, Half a Love Story. When Jesse uses Michelle at the station, remember that? To get a date with that woman? And here, uh, uh, Stephanie and, and, and DJ are, are using Michelle as a, as a buffer, I guess, 
they're going to lie about Michelle being sick. Why do they keep doing this to poor Michelle? Oh, my gosh. Oh, that poor baby. That poor baby girl. <laughs> okay, anyway. Uh, we do know, though, Jesse has already dealt with Michelle being sick in one of the earlier episodes. So I don't see why this time... The girls think it would make him come rushing back only for the fact that Michelle is clearly Jesse's favorite niece. Like, it is in broad daylight that Michelle is Jesse's favorite. Always has been, always will be for eternity, okay? He, he never says that, but it's positively clear that she is. So DJ says Stephanie will hug him when he comes back and beg him to stay, then DJ's going to let the air out of his tires. <laughs> she says that. I'm like, oh my goodness, you're going to like commit a crime. <laughs> DJ calls the emergency number given earlier and asks to speak to Jesse Cochran. But Jesse is still out skiing. Mind you, Brian answered the phone. This guy that I'm calling Brian, okay? So he answered the phone, tell the, told the girls, Jesse's still out skiing. And Stephanie needs to come up with a plan really fast. So she takes the phone from DJ and introduces herself and says, listen carefully, and then screams, help, really loud, and explains that the baby is real sick and Jesse's the only one who can give her her cough medicine. Okay. Scene change. Again, here, Jesse and Sam come back from skiing to the cabin, and Brian tells Jesse that the family called. He doesn't give a name, remember? He tells Jesse that the family called and said the baby is sick. But Jesse doesn't seem too disturbed by it and says, Well, Joey and Danny are there, uh, and the pediatrician, you know, like he's like, Why do they need me? What are they calling me about it for? Then they go on to start playing music together and jamming and singing together. And they start to play The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. But as Jesse plays, he can't help but think about Michelle. And now we have an entire sequence of scenes involving Michelle and Jesse. Oh my goodness. Okay, all, all starting back from episode one, just like bits and pieces of scenes while the song Baby Love by the Supremes plays in the background. <laughs> it's like the Michelle montage of scenes. Honestly, honestly, oh, oh man, oh gosh, okay. Oh, let me pull myself together. So, okay, this really sets the stage now for the ongoing relationship Jesse and Michelle have throughout the rest of the series. Also, mind you, that some of these scenes I actually talked about in, in episodes that were recorded like two years ago. I, I said 
I said, this this episode is a or this part of this scene will be featured in Seven Month Itch in this sequence. So I just it's crazy the things I remember. Anyway, so this this also tells of an incredible bond they also have as niece and uncle. The sequin, sequence then ends, and Jesse stops the music, and now we're, like, back at the cabin, like, he's just kind of zoned out, and he, like, comes back to reality, and he stops playing, and he tells everyone to stop playing, and he needs to call home. Jesse decides he needs to leave and go home to Michelle. He apologizes to Sam, and he leaves the cabin. He just grabs his stuff, and uh, he's out of there. We are now back at the house, and Danny and Joey are playing soft basketball in the living room. Joey goes to do a crazy shot. This was hilarious to me. And I'm pretty sure they used a, like a double, like a Joey had a double do this move for him. I rewound it and paused it like 10 times, trying to figure out if they had a double or not pretty sure they did because the guy jumps behind the couch and up pops Joey right after he makes he said I'm gonna jump over the couch spin around three times drive to the hoop double pump twice finishing off with a reverse tomahawk monster jam okay like I said I mean all he does is jump like the front of the couch spins around and then lands behind the couch and like shoots the ball from the floor and makes it. So I believe it was a stunt double that was used for this three second sequence, which was good as this move sounded. It really wasn't all that special. But either way, the shot was made from laying down, which was impressive to me. I wonder how many takes they had to do to get that on film I guess all of a sudden Jesse enters the front door wearing his motorcycle gear and carrying a stuffed animal asking how is she he's like in this panic which okay if if the girls called him and he drove Four hours back to San Francisco, don't you think he would, like, stop and be like, hey, can I use your phone? I need to call my family really fast and check on my niece. No, he didn't. He didn't use a phone, like, whatsoever. He didn't call them back. He didn't say, I'm, I'm driving back or whatever. He just blares right in the front door and says, how is she? And he's all panicky. And asking if he needs to give her her medicine. But Danny and, and, and Joey have no idea what he's talking about. Since the girls were the one to make the call. And remember, Brian told Jesse that his family called. And wasn't specific to him on who exactly called to tell him that Michelle was sick. So... At 17 minutes, 47 seconds, Jesse then is kind of annoyed that Michelle is fine, 
since he says he's been driving for four hours, which we determined the drive was three hours and 50 minutes. But in Jesse's case here, he was on his motorcycle in the freezing rain behind a cattle truck. So <laughs> it took him a little bit longer. <laughs> so our travel estimation was, you know, estimated pretty correctly, I would say. It's pretty impressive. If you say so myself. All right. Now Jesse wants to know which one of them called. Danny says it must have been the girls and how he really shook them up by the way he just up and left the way he did. Well, of course, he can't just up and leave, you know. So now we are at 18 minutes, 15 seconds. Start of the real and heart talk of this episode. So Joey and Danny offer their help. They really want to know what's eating at Jesse. Like he just seems like irritated with them, annoyed by them, doesn't want to be anywhere near them. So Jesse goes on to explain that ever since high school, he's been a rebel and he went to find this part of himself again. But once he got that call, he came racing back home. Jesse doesn't think being home is where he wants to be. But Joey stops him from leaving again. He tries to leave again and Joey stops him. And this is a segment I like to call the infinite wisdom of Joey Gladstone. I have mentioned it several times before that I believe Joey has the best advice and wisdom and intellect of any character, but he hides it behind a comedic facade, something that you just look at Joey and you would not even think that he has this kind of, you know, advice in his head. And, and so here we go. The infinite wisdom of Joey Gladstone. Okay. Jesse believes he hasn't gained anything from living there. Ouch. But Joey explains that he has gained so much, including how he has been there every time the girls have needed him. He is very important to the girls. So Jesse is kind of now becoming convinced that the girls really do truly love him. Well, of course they do. Of course they do. And he is about to reveal something to Joey and Danny. So Jesse goes on to say, I think I'm realizing that being part of this family is filling an empty space in my heart that I didn't even know was there. Doesn't that just give you the chills? Doesn't it just gave me the chills just now, this very moment? Because Jesse has been since episode one, a rebellious, not knowing how to care for children, kind of wanting to learn, kind of not, kind of wanting to do his own thing, but has responsibilities, is interactive, but sometimes non-interactive. He's a musician and he wants to express himself. You know, like we talked about a hundred times before that Jesse went from girlfriend to girlfriend to girlfriend, like every episode, same thing in this one. I mean, he's got just another random girl here and he's just constantly trying to fill this 
empty space in his heart. And here he's realizing that being part of this family is filling an empty space in my heart that I didn't even know was there. Wow. So even though, I mean, 15 seconds before this, he was trying to force his way out of the house because he wanted nothing to do with them. I'm just saying between the time Jesse was trying to leave the second time and by the time Joey opened his mouth with infinite wisdom, it changed Jesse's mind. Wow. Was Joey part of like a cult or something? He's got like the innate ability to convince people. Good grief. Good grief. That's why I like Joey so much. He's so like unique. It's just a unique person. Okay. It was either that Jesse was. So I'm going to go over this again. So like 15 seconds before this, he was trying to force his way out of the house because he wanted nothing to do with them. So it was either that Jesse was lying and saying something to try and convince Joey or Danny of something, or it was an absolute magic. Like I said, the infinite wisdom of Joey's advice that convinced Jesse of this. So yeah, at 20 minutes, 23 seconds, note, Danny is wearing the same shirt as the morning and the afternoon. So that tells me it's the same day. Jesse wasn't even gone for one whole day. Not even a day. My goodness, all this drama and not even one full day. Not even one full day. So Danny explains to Jesse that if he needs to take a couple of days off, so this is like more into the heart talk kind of thing right in here. If he needs to take a couple of days off, that they will cover for him. So I just want to stop right here really quick because I kind of forgot about this. Um, so since it's Saturday night, we're guessing it's Saturday, Danny and Joey for whatever reason, had to cancel their plans to stay at home to babysit the girls because Jesse was supposed to and wasn't there. So now it's later that day, both of the adult men are there. They don't mention at all anything associating with that at all, but it seems that um, they covered for him on that before he even came home. So that just goes to show that they will prove themselves if Jesse does need a couple of days off, that they will cover for him and be just fine doing it. So Jesse decides to stay home, come home is what he is. And so Jesse goes into his room and throws his coat onto his bed where Stephanie is sleeping. She wakes up. And Steph calls out for DJ and exclaims that Uncle Jesse is back. He sits down with the both of them and explains that he isn't there to collect his things and leave again. And he promises them that he'll always be their uncle, obviously, and will be there whenever he's needed by them. He goes in to see Michelle 
gives her the teddy bear that he had got her on his trip from Tahoe to San Francisco, talks to her for a few seconds, and they have this little beautiful niece-uncle moment. I'm just surprised that he didn't run into Michelle's room first. You know, that was like the whole reason for him coming back. Like, even if she wasn't sick, wouldn't you, like, go into there and just check? He didn't. He just ran, he just got there, talked to Joey and Danny, then then went up to his own bedroom, saw, said hi to Stephanie and DJ, then he went into Michelle's room. Logic lost there, so I don't get that. So anyway, he, yeah, he talks to Michelle, they have this little beautiful moment together, and guys, that is the episode. That is it. I hope it was well done. Also, I noticed too that there was like a lot of similarities that I can't, I can't even remember what they were now that I'm trying to talk about it, but there were a few similarities between, between this episode and episode number seven, Knock Yourself Out. Um... They have lost, they have, they have exited my brain. I have no idea what they were. Maybe it was the sick thing. Yes, it was. Okay, there it is. In episode number seven, Knock Yourself Out, that was the episode that Michelle was sick the first time we had seen her sick. And Danny was doing the big fight with Reggie the Sandman Martin. You remember that? Okay, so he, Danny was at the, the fight. The girls were home. Michelle was sick. And Joey and Jesse were responsible for making sure she took her cough medicine. And it took them a couple hundred tries, but they were finally able to get it to her. And she ended up being fine at the end of it all. So that's why they say in this one... Jesse was the only one who could give her her cough medicine. And, and so I guess that's why he raced home. I, I mean, how hard is it to give cough medicine to a baby? Is it that, is it that hard? I don't know. I really don't know. Hmm. So now it is time for our guest stars. Yeah. So we have two noted guest stars here in this episode. Okay, so we have, again, we see Chelsea Noble as Samantha. So I did a recap of her and her character and everything Chelsea Noble at the end of the last episode because that's the first one she was in. So if you want to listen to all of her fun facts, you can go down to um, the last episode. It's at the very end of that one. But this next guest star, oh my gosh. When I found this out, I was so, I was like mortified, honestly. Okay. You want to know who played Brian? Because that's the name I gave Brian, okay? So at the end credits of this episode... We find out that his character is named Gary. Gary! And his real name is Gary Griffin. Not Brian. Okay? So this man is obviously a pretty big underlying character in Full House and even in 
Fuller House as well. Okay, so here are all the episodes Gary is featured in. We have season one, episode two, our very first night. He was there with the, with the band in the house playing music while DJ and Stephanie were jumping on the amplifiers. Remember that? Okay, he was there. And this episode, okay, um, episode, yeah, this is episode 20. Okay, he was in season four, episode nine, and episode 15, ep season five, episode two, and episodes 25 and 26, Captain Video, part one and two, which is like one of my all-time, like within my top 10 favorites. Okay, he was in season six, episode 24, The House Meets the House, the, the, House Meets the Mouse, part two. So he's in a lot of these like dual episodes, it seems. Um, he wasn't in the last episode, but he's in this one. He was in Captain Video, part one and two, and The House Meets the Mouse, part two. He was in season seven, episode 23, Too Little Richard, Too Late, and season eight, episode one, Comet's Excellent Adventure. He was also featured in Fuller House episodes season one, episode one, our very first show again, and season three, episode 18, Here Comes the Sun. So this guy has been in total 10 Full House episodes. That's incredible. He's just, he's just like that, that like, Guy in the background that you know. You know what I mean? You, he's not like an extra or like a once hired actor. Like he is, he's in 10 episodes. Like who knew? I didn't know this. I was like so surprised when I saw that. I mean, I knew he was like familiar. He was in the doo-wop. He was in, yeah, he was in a, Pox in her house. He was in the doo-wop group singing Hoja with Jesse. Here's some more information about this guy, Gary Griffin, that just blew me away. Blew me away. I am no longer on the earth because of this information. Okay, he also wrote the song Michelle Smiling that is featured, if you want to hear that song, it is in season two episode 16 called Baby Love. He wrote Michelle Smiling. Who knew? I'm like blown away. He also contributed to composing music for the Full House series throughout its entire run. So not only is this guy an incredible musician, he got to contribute to making music from the show we know and love. So thank you, Gary Griffin, for composing some music, writing Michelle Smiling, being in 10 episodes of Full House. I think that's great. I think that's great. I'm just so happy for you. That's amazing. Sorry, also, if you're for calling you Brian this whole time. I'll learn for next time, I suppose. But guys, that is it. That is Season 1, episode 20. 
the seven month itch part two. Yeah. So let's give a little bit of a description on what we are going to be talking about next time. So we're going to be diving into episode 21 called Mad Money. So this one is really broad. Okay. So the description here is Joey comes into an unexpected bunch of money, but forgets to repay an old loan he had from Danny. So it gets really interesting. If you have the DVD of season one, you can go ahead and that one comes with the Mad Money commentary that you can listen to by the one and only Jeff Franklin. So obviously I'm going to be doing that. And after that episode, we have one left to do in season one. I'm so excited. It's only taken us, what, three years to do it? I Two or three years at least. Oh gosh. Oh, I'm going to be doing this for the rest of my days. Okay. That's okay though. Because I could go on for the rest of my days. <laughs> okay, so anyway, guys, I, I want to thank you so much for tuning in today to the What's This Full House Edition podcast. As always, I am your host, Amy. And if you guys have any fun facts or trivia or cool things you'd love for me to know about Full House, you can email me at fullhousepodcast01 at gmail.com. That's fullhousepodcast one at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, What's This Full House, and on our Facebook page, What's This Full House Edition Podcast. We are growing by the day. Please share with your friends that love Full House. And I guess that's it. I will see you next time. The Full House Edition Podcast has no affiliation with Full House or the Warner Brothers Studio. The views and opinions given by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies that they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.